Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of Believe in the Jaguars right here on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Phil Smith, aka Phil the Filipino. And of course, as always, I am joined by my co-host, Mr. James Johnson, the managing editor of the Jaguars Wire over on USA Today. And Jay, uh, you know, we're kind of in that time where things slow down just a little bit after the first week of free agency, and we're all just anticipating the draft. So I'm excited to kind of really get into your latest mock draft here this week. Yeah, man, me too. Uh, because apparently Brandon Austin and Coos uh, didn't want to bring it up on their show. So it's like, hey, man, they, they were looking for a good mock. I gave them one. Uh, it was like, hit your mans up. So here we are. We're going to discuss it here on this podcast. Uh, you know, maybe they'll hit us up later. We'll see. But yeah, in terms of uh, the mock draft, yeah, I think I did a pretty good job on it. I think it might be one of the best on the web. Don't mean to toot my own horn, but yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to get into that. And uh, also excited to talk, uh, you know, some other Jags football as usual. Uh, glad to be back and thankful for everybody that has supported us throughout the way. Um, as you will say, we, we ask that they continue to do that. And yeah, man, I'm re ready to uh, recap or ready to talk some football a week after free agency. As you said, things have calmed down now. And, uh, you know, it's, it's more so predicated towards the draft and what's going to happen in the draft as people uh, will see in this episode. Yeah, and for those of you have, that have not gotten a chance to check out this mock draft over on the Jaguars Wire, this one's, as Jay mentioned, it is, I think it's a best case scenario draft. If we come away with most of the players on this list, I think fans are going to be incredibly happy. And then, of course, we're going to talk about, you know, what needs are still prevalent here on the team heading into the NFL draft as well. And uh, as Jay mentioned, we want to thank you guys so much for supporting us thus far. We really, really appreciate it. All of you that have gone over to Apple Podcasts and left those reviews, we see those, we appreciate it. So if you have been enjoying the show and you haven't gone over to Apple Podcasts yet, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, leave that five-star review. We're also available on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Of course, you can find us at Believe.com and on Believe Podcasts as part of the Believe Podcast library. You can tweet the show at Believe in Jags Pod. You can find myself at Phil the Filipino, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O. And Jay is over at Sports Grind underscore Don. We're also on Instagram now. You can find us at Believe in Jags Pod on Instagram. Jay, I don't know if you've heard, but I, I you know, I heard the uh, I heard the graphic designer over there on the Instagram page is very, very talented. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to put on for my man. Whoever doing the graphic design for that page is is, is amazing, man. He, he's putting together some good work there. So, um, <laughs> yeah, anybody out there offering graphic design courses too, by the way? Some we might be interested in, you know, up, updating our craft, if you will. But <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if, if you guys have any idea of, you know, where you can get even uh, even better at that, let us know, because, uh, yeah, the Instagram is where it's at. Really quick, of course, we want to give a shout out to our first sponsor of the day, Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You know, March Madness is upon us. 
Bet online as you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, folks. So let's get into it here right before we go directly into the mock draft. So, Jay, you recently reevaluated the needs of the team coming out of the first week of free agency. So, you know, I'm definitely interested to see where you where you landed on that and how that impacted, of course, your mock draft. Yeah, it, it impacted the mock draft tremendously. And um, yeah, I was going to put an article up on the, the needs that they have because I had a article up on, uh, I think it was January the 4th that I wrote that one to assess the needs going into free agency. Uh, so now free agency or the bulk of free agency, the most important part is uh, behind us. And I went and reevaluated it. And again, I'll put it on the site eventually, but y'all are hearing it before I even do that. So y'all getting a sneak peek at it or a whole preview of it for that matter. So, uh, you know, it was seven needs in the first article in January. Uh, I have eight now. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean the Jaguars have added a need or that doesn't necessarily mean. I guess the best way I could put it is that the Jaguars need all seven or eight of these pickups necessarily because some of these these spots, they're fine off it. They're well off it, but just could afford to get younger or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Or get some backups there. So these aren't necessarily like I, I would say like dire needs or primary needs while, you know, the ones that are closer to the top may be primary needs or dire needs. So I guess I'll just start from the back and uh, say, um, you know, I'll just give you all a little glimpse of what we're thinking here. So number eight, I got cornerback. Of course, we added, uh, you know, we added some guys and we returned some guys as well at cornerback. But my thing is, a lot of those guys had health concerns. Sidney Jones and uh, CJ Henderson both ended up on IR. That being said, uh, you, you might want to pick up a cornerback just for health reasons just in case your depth gets to the point that it was last year running back I really just and a lot of people agree with this it's more so it isn't it isn't even about James Robinson it's more so they just need some speed to pair along with them so we got running back at seven Um, we'll talk about that in the mock and all of these positions Uh, at six we got wide receiver yes they have a dress receiver uh, with three new additions, they got Agnew, they got Philip Dorsett, they got Marvin Jones. However, uh, there you, you could argue still a need there in terms of getting a guy because I don't know if Philip Dorsett makes the team. So I think like it's one more addition that can Agnew's not necessarily you know a true receiver as well. Right, right. Although he has said that he wants to help on that end a lot, so I uh, will see. But yeah, you make a good point, Phil. So uh, that's why receivers on this list. Defensive line, my only thing is really one of those defensive ends, if Tyson Alu-Alu starts, is going to be at the age of 32. You probably want to get younger there. That's my concern there. It's just getting a little younger there. Uh, At number four, I have offensive tackle. Even if Cam Robinson is the answer at left tackle, uh, you still have a question mark with Juwan Taylor. We don't know if he's the answer. We'll see how he does this year. If, you know, either or one of them continues to look as they have looked, in the past, then the Jaguars would have a offensive tackle waiting to move on from either one of those guys or maybe even both. Number three, I got safety. Yeah, sure, they got uh, Rayshon Jenkins, who we talked about, Florida guy from Fort Lauderdale. Uh, but still, I feel like they could if they could add an addition alongside him uh, because Jer- Gerard Wilson is, you know, he, he's OK as a starting safety, but, you know, uh, they can improve and, and make an upgrade there. 
in terms of, you know, getting a second starting safety through the draft. Then tight end, of course, I mean, that's self-explanatory. Don't have to say much. Uh, yeah, they got uh, Manners through the draft or, um, excuse me, through free agency. But as we all know, he's primarily a blocking guy. So we'll see how that goes. They might want to get him involved with the receiving more so, but still tight end definitely is a need for this team. When you look at the overall tight end room and last but not least, quarterback self-explanatory they don't have a QB1 on this roster even though CJ Bathard has been added still nonetheless they need that guy as they put it in that quarterback room yeah that's pretty much where I would I would land as well I kind of asked you before we had started if uh, you know why you would rank tight end over safety and you know you'd given me uh, the reason, of course, is you can still trot out, uh, you know, Jared Wilson there at safety and be OK. But as far as tight end goes, you know, there's definitely still not that uh, that go to target. And as far as, you know, of course, we all know that quarterback was going to be number one on that list. Now, some play- people are kind of wondering, myself included, you know, where does this leave Gardner Minshew? Do you think maybe they are still fielding offers for him? Do you think they are coming in? Because, it, you know, we've talked about this before a quarterback with quality starts under his, you know, under his belt is a pretty valuable thing to have. I would certainly not be opposed to keeping Minshew around, but also if he's got the value heading into the draft, then, you know, why not pick up some additional capital? So, yeah, Phil, I think that Gardner Minshew's days are starting to look like their number. Yeah. The Jacksonville Jaguars did come out and say, I think it was last week, Urban Meyer said, you know, they're not, listening to offers right now at the moment but how how do we know like he didn't have this thing pre-planned out like yeah we'll stop listening to offers temporarily we'll go get somebody like Bethard we'll go get somebody like you know Alex Smith if we can and then we'll start listening to offers again so yeah at the time they probably weren't listening to offers anymore uh Bethard's in the picture um and I'm not saying Bethard is uh you know worthy to to make them want to move on to Minshew I'm not saying that at all but maybe they feel that way we don't know um so that being said uh, I think yeah yeah his days might be numbered and I'm talking about Minshew here and I do think like they're still looking deeply into getting Alex Smith because that would be the ideal situation to have um for Trevor Lawrence uh, but uh, you know time will tell um I think with how these quarterbacks are being moved around and you know like with the compensation some team might be willing to offer. I mean, heck, didn't uh, we get a fourth for Nick Foles or something like that? I think. Yeah. What do, so, you, what I do mean, you think that would go? What do you think it would take? What do you think the offer would be out there for a Minshew if if Foles got a four? Yeah, I think a fourth is about like what the Jaguars should strive for. I don't know if they would get that, but if somebody offers you a fourth, you probably should jump on it, especially if they're like early in the draft order. Um, but again, like a lot of this is, you know, who is, is Alex Smith on this roster? If Alex Smith's on the roster, you definitely do it. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, with, with Bether, maybe you have a little bit of reservations about doing it, uh, but it still would be on the table to take that fourth, maybe. But it's just easier to do with Alex Smith on the roster. And that's the point. Um, but we'll have to see like where, where Smith lands or whatever the case may be before that and hey who knows they might make a move before Alex Smith decides to go where he's going to go whether that's Jacksonville or whatever the case may be but um, I think a fourth would be uh, you know the best case scenario to put it that way Um, I think more so what they might end up getting is more so along the lines of maybe a fifth or six if they do it 
Well, it'll certainly be interesting to see what happens with Minshew. Again, I'm totally not against, and I'm sure a lot of the fan base feels this way. I'm not against keeping him around uh, and having a, a, not only a quality backup, but an entertaining backup. You know, a guy that has really entrenched himself within the culture of Jacksonville. I think that's only something that could help out the team in the long run. So we're going to get into the mock draft here, Jay, because as I mentioned, it's a very, very good mock, uh, in, in my opinion. Interested to see what our listener base thinks. But really quick, guys, you know, here's something you maybe didn't know about me. I'm going to dominate 2021. As soon as 2020 ended, I took a good look in the rearview mirror and I said, F you 2021. For me, it's all about self-care and love, which means I'm focusing on being happy and feeling relaxed. Mental clarity is the first step to my better life, which is why I've been taking down Sunday Scaries CBD gummy bears like candy. When my mind starts racing or I need to decompress, I simply pop two gummies and in 20 minutes, I'm in max relax mode. And there's no risk to buy. The company offers a 100% lifetime money-back guarantee. If the product's not for you, that's okay. You'll get your money back. Sunday Scaries in the stress-relieving business, not the stress-causing business. I got you 25% off to prove it. Visit sundayscaries.com and use my promo code JAGS for your discount. The promo code is JAGS for 25% off at sundayscaries.com. They're effing amazing, and you won't regret joining their squad. All right, Jay, so let's get into this mock draft. Full seven rounds that you put out the other day uh, caused a lot of conversation here over on the Jaguars wire. And let's get to it. The number one overall pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I thought this was maybe a typo, Jay. I thought it was going to say Sam Ellinger, but instead you want Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence. I imagine we probably won't spend too much time on this one. Yeah, of course not. I mean, just going back to what I said when I was listing off the needs, I mean, they don't have a QB one. Trevor Lawrence is a, you know, some people starting to argue that he isn't, but Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent. Um, the Jaguars are very fortunate to be in this spot to get Trevor Lawrence because me and you, I think me and you discussed this. They're not a one-win team bad. They're bad. I don't know if they're one-win bad. You know, like some injuries got in the way there. They got hurt towards the end of the season. Let's just say the Jaguars, dare I say, are lucky to have the number one overall pick, uh, though they still are a bad team. So, yeah, I mean, just don't mess this up. Don't overthink it. Take Trevor Lawrence and let's prosper. Exactly. I think the fact that Urban Meyer hasn't really been seen at any other of these quarterbacks pro days kind of tells you all that we need to know. Like I said, not going to spend a whole lot of time on the number one overall pick, although I do want to share a fun story that we found out over on our Twitter page. A a user or I'm sorry, a listener reached out to us and stated that they were speaking with the front office or sorry, with the ticket office. And apparently in the office, they're not allowed to say his name. So they, they just refer to him as number 16, which I thought was kind of funny. So that was a, a fun little tidbit there. It, it makes sense. Yeah. Obviously you can't just outright acknowledge, you know, who the guy's going to be, but we know. <laughs> uh, wasn't it? Uh, I think his name was uh, Jazz Gigantor. Is, was that yes, him? Yeah. yeah, yeah shout so, out to him. Shout out to him. Yeah. Interacts uh, Gigantor and Jax is, is the, uh, <laughs> That's what he, he interacts with us a lot. So we appreciate you and, and for that little tidbit as well. So let's move on here, though, to our second pick in the first round. Now, of course, Jay, we talked, we've been talking a lot about the linebacker from Notre Dame. Uh, that is who uh, our guy, Daniel Jeremiah, had mocked to us most recently. Uh, but you have here safety Trevin Morig from TCU, who arguably is the best safety in the draft. And as you mentioned, it's probably not even close. Yeah, and I'm so sorry to uh, Trayvon for saying his name wrong. I've been calling him Morick for the longest. It's Merrick, <laughs> according to the announcers. My bad, man. Uh, but um, I, I listen to, I watch a lot of these tapes, and I'm sure you do too, Phil, without the audio, so you don't hear them. 
pronounce the person's name. You're just looking at them play, whatever the case may be. But yeah, man, like uh, to get married, man, I think like 25 is the perfect spot to get them. Uh, you're not. And, and what played into this is the words of Trent Baalke. They keep mentioning and now we're hearing Urban Meyer mention it. Value. That word value. And I don't know if I agree with it or not in terms of free agency, but getting good value in the draft, I can agree with. Then again, like it worries me, like is Trent Baalke by good value? Do he does he mean getting somebody late in the draft because of an injury, like an ACL injury or whatever the case may be? Because we saw that in San Francisco. That was kind of a trend with him. Um, I hope not, because that, that's kind of just a dangerous game to play. But um, yeah, but for Merrick, that's right about where he uh, should come off of the board. You're getting the best safety in the draft in the eyes of most, according to the draft pundits. He's a guy that offers you a, a variety of ways that you can put him in coverage as well. And uh, Mel Kuyper said it best, too, as well in his mock draft. You can also put uh, Rashawn Jenkins closer to the line. And, uh, you know, you, you'll let... Um, Merrick kind of be your roamer, your coverage guy, whatever the case may be. And he has good size, by the way, too, which, you know, that's kind of something that Cullen had with Deshaun Elliott over or or the Baltimore Ravens have with Deshaun Elliott over in Baltimore. So can't go wrong with that pick, in my opinion. Um, it's possible he might not be there. I think he will, though. And uh, if he is on the board and the Jags pass on him, he won't be there for much longer. No, I definitely agree that that, that I think was my concern with this pick is, is he going to be around there at number 25? So again, best case scenario, he is still there. A guy that I think a lot of people would be very, very excited about to pair, uh, to pair along uh, Rayshon Jenkins. Uh, let's move on to uh, pick number 33 here in the second round. Jay, you went with tight end Pat Fryermuth again, addressing uh, your top three needs right there with the first three picks. Yeah, yeah. That's just kind of how the board fell for me too. Like I didn't do that intentionally when I was looking assessments on the needs actually I hadn't I hadn't did the list of needs until you know after I did the mock draft which is weird but I mean I guess like I guess like what helps the Jaguars is that they're picking first in each round basically so when you go one in 15 and you have a lot of needs chances are the best available players you get are right. going to fill a need you know <laughs> so I guess that's how it worked out uh, but, yeah, again, going back to uh, Pat, I mean, that's right about where he should come off the board. Some people say a little earlier than that, but I, I think he'll be around um, in terms of the pick. Uh, I think that's number 33, that is. And he's a guy, I mean, y'all see me do a little bit of something, something on him in terms of the cuts on Twitter. But, you know, he's a physical guy. You know, a lot of people, like if you YouTube search him, Baby Gronk comes up. Um, I don't know, like, I don't want to put that out there for him. I mean, but he does have some Gronk-like traits. Uh, he catches the ball in traffic well. I'm not a guy that's going to separate, but again, that's why it helps to be able to catch the ball in a lot of traffic. And additionally, uh, he's a guy that offers you yardage after the catch. So I think that's where the baby grunt part comes in. That is just how how much of a beast he is after the catch, which, you know, you, you can never go wrong with getting somebody who can give you yardage after the catch. So um, Penn State is tight end university. They have a, a Penn State assistant, uh, Tyler Bowen, on the team that was a tight ends coach that coached Pat. We've seen the trend of the Jacksonville Jaguars relying on their coach relationships in free agency. They're going out and getting guys that their coaches know. For the most part, some of these guys, their coaches don't have relationships, but for the most part, their coaches have relationships with these guys. What better time than to use those relationships than the draft? 
And we're going to probably see that with Urban Meyer, too. I did a list of like, I think it was 12 guys that's coming from Ohio State that are draft eligible, whatever the case may be. Look for the Jaguars to rely on their relationships because they're bringing in people that they weren't able to meet personally because of the coronavirus. And they've had to do Zoom conferences and, and so on and so forth. And this would be the case with Pat. This is something that I haven't really gotten a chance to get into here, Jay, as far as, you know, I've watched a couple uh, pieces of film, of course, when it comes to Trevor Lawrence, but it, he didn't seem to be a guy that really relied too much on the tight end. Did they run really that many tight end sets at all at Clemson or was it, was it, what did they primarily have a blocking tight end? That's something I didn't really look into because I was of course, just watching the overall body of work as opposed to focusing on who he's throwing to. So yeah, in terms of last year, he, he predominantly, Lawrence relied on uh, ETN out of the backfield. I think that was like his third receiver in terms of stats, but more so Amari Rogers. If you look at the tape, you'll see him go to the slot a lot. Amari Rogers. Um, and it was uh, Cornell Powell, who's kind of a taller guy, taller, lanky guy. For those of you who can recall, I think Powell actually now I think about it. That was the young man that he was throwing to in his pro day at receiver, um, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, Powell's, uh, he was he went to the senior bowl. Um, you know, I got a few notes on him somewhere um, in my notebook, but, you know, he's a guy uh, that Trevor Lawrence went to often. And in, at least in terms of last year, he went to his receivers mostly. And I think his fourth receiver or his fourth primary guy might have been the tight end. So and, and that if I can recall, he was around 360 yards, something like that. Um, I just looked at yeah, Brandon Galloway. So, yeah, 369 yards. That was his fourth guy on the receiving list for Clemson so yeah he didn't really necessarily go to the tight end a lot but still that's not to say that he won't in the NFL with how the NFL game works and if you offer him like a big target there uh you know that's that's just a nice security blanket to have as we've seen with um you know with guys like George Kittle and and, and Travis Kelsey and whatever the case may be I wouldn't even call Kelsey a, a security blanket, to be honest with you. Like, he's a flat-out number one receiver <laughs> that you look for yeah, first. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in, in terms of every time you snap the ball. But, um, but yeah, it's a lot of guys. What I'm saying, I guess the words I'm trying to say here is it's a lot of guys at the tight end position in the NFL that are going to frequently because they are solid security blankets. They offer big targets. Uh, they are guys that you could throw the ball in their vicinity and – basically they're they're going to catch it you know no if ands or buts about it and you know that's kind of what you get with pat because i told you as i was saying earlier you know he's good in catching the ball in traffic you know you throw the ball anywhere near him even when people have been blanketed over pat he still finds a way to get the ball which that's a good thing to have for trevor lawrence especially in the nfl game uh, because you know in the nfl sometimes it is hard to get separation and you have to rely more so on length and and, and strength than uh, being able to separate at times. And also, you know, it's a little bit different, uh, again, with, say, Kyle Pitts, of course, is going to go in the top 10. Some people even think maybe in the top five. Wherever Kyle Pitts goes, he is going to be looked at as the number one option. You know, of course, depending on the uh, where he is he's going, this would be, I think, a perfect spot for Pat because, he, of course, he doesn't have to be the primary option. You know, like you said, over there where um, where, where Trevor is targeting the tight end uh, Galloway there at Clemson, you know, he's the fourth or fifth guy down on the list. Now here, of course, he is, he's already going to have, you know, DJ. He's going to have Colin Johnson, LaVisca, and, uh, you know, the host of guys, Marvin Jones, you know, um, 
Philip Dorsett and possibly, but Pat doesn't have to come in here and get, you know, six, 700 yards in his first season. He's just there to be a reliable target. And I think he definitely would have the opportunity to do that. And, you know, I think you would probably be pretty excited if you're, uh, you know, if you're Pat to be tied to Trevor Lawrence for the start of your career, I think that would definitely be very exciting for him. Um, do you have anything else to add on? Yeah. There? yeah. I mean, like for Pat, game? you know what you want to do, like you, you make a good point there with the receivers that are around him for Pat, what you probably want to do the first year, if you end up with the Jaguars is more so be a guy that uh, Trevor Lawrence can use as a possession guy from time to time, not all the time, but from time to time. And also a red zone threat as a rookie. If you do those two things as a rookie, that's a success. I mean, because we and you have said it, you know, it's hard for tight ends to have success in their first year. Um, but even regardless of what his numbers look like, if he's a good red zone threat for the Jaguars as a rookie and he's a possession guy for Trevor Lawrence, then that's a success. You can put the, you can throw the numbers out of the window and they can build upon that as they get older and they grow together. And that's a part of this too, Phil, is because the Jaguars set themselves up in a situation uh, where they didn't get a tight end. They probably should have out of free agency. Why not, you know, get a guy early and get somebody that Trevor Lawrence can grow with? You know what I'm saying? Like they'll, they'll be the same age. They'll, you know, their contracts will pretty much be on the same terms uh, or close to it. You know, I guess the second round pick will have a four-year deal and Trevor will have a five. But, you know, they can grow together. They can go through the organization together. They can improve the organization together and so on and so forth. Absolutely, Jay. So let's get to the next pick here, pick 45. And you went with edge rusher Joe Tryon out of Washington. Now, edge rusher is definitely something that we think that could possibly be addressed at pick 25. But you waited here until the second round to go with Tryon. So what were your thoughts here when you went with this selection? Yeah, so with Joe, like the more and more film I watch on him, I really like him. Uh, he's a guy, he reminds me of, uh, and this is me personally, you know, people's opinions might not match this. He reminds me of a sturdier Yannick Ngakwe a little bit. Um, probably not as bendy as Yannick Ngakwe and as, um, you know, like in, in terms of bending around the edge. Uh, but still, nonetheless, like Joe, to me, he feels like he's a little bit stronger against the run. And I think like why I compare him to Yannick a little bit is because he has a, a variety of moves he can go to. You know, like I've seen him bull rushing people and that kind of goes back to his strength and being strong in the run game or stronger in the run game than you would expect a, uh, a defensive end or outside linebacker to be. And, you know, you see him do the, you see him with a bull rush. You've seen him um, rip under people. You've seen him just use a wide array of moves to get to the quarterback. And that kind of in, intrigued me when I was watching film on him. Because when you're, you're so young as a pass rusher, a lot of times what you see with these pass rushers, they only have one go-to move and they struggle as a result. Um, and, and they don't really make all that much progress. But, you know, here you have a young man that has, has to me, has a diverse pass rush set. Uh, and that can help him tremendously as a rookie. And not to mention he's coming into a situation where he, he doesn't have to be the guy. You know, it's you got Jahad Ward here. You got Josh Allen. You got Kalen Vaughn, Chase Sun, who those two that I just named, Kalen uh, Vaughn and Josh Allen in particular, have been in Joe's shoes. They've been early round selections that people have put the pressure on. And, you know, while he won't have that pressure on him, they can show him the ropes of the, the NFL and how to go through the NFL as a young player. So 
that really helps. And I mean, as we all seen with, with Baltimore, they're kind of a team that uses a wide array of personnel. Um, they're not only are they multiple, but they use a lot of different personnel. Um, I think I read a, a article on CBS saying that they were like one of the more advanced teams in terms of switching people in and out. I have to look that up one day, but you know, this is why you do this. You, this is why you take a pass rusher this early, despite having two young, young guys and Caleb Vaughn and Allen, you still do it. And, uh, you know, you, you, you develop a wide array of pass rushers uh, because you can never have too many in this league. And Baltimore has shown, you know, that's the way to be successful on defense. And that's how the team has been successful. If you look at the history of the Jaguars is having that really, really good rotation. Of course, there we remember there was a time where there was Josh Allen, Calais and Jan, and they were all rotating in and out. Of course, Calais would play on the inside as well. But, you know, it definitely never hurts, especially in a division where, you know, you're of course, you're going to want to get after the quarterback, whether or not Deshaun Watson is going to be here has yet to be seen, but you certainly want to put the pressure on Ryan Tannehill and Carson Wentz, who are not necessarily the most mobile guys, but also you'll have athletic guys there on the outside. They'll be able to chase down uh, those quarterbacks. Let's get to the next pick here, Jay, pick 65, and a guy that you have gotten me incredibly excited about, which is Ole Miss's Elijah Moore, who recently ran a 4-3-4 unofficial 40-yard dash time uh, at his pro day. And man, Jay, this, you know, some of the, uh, the film that you have sent our way, uh, like over in our group chat has been impressive. Of course, as we've already talked about Marvin Jones, Philip Dorsett and Jamal Agnew have been added in free agency. But uh, again, you really have been looking for that guy. Of course, Keelan Cole, no longer here. D.D. Westbrook out the door. You need that speed guy. And, you know, while Philip Dorsett is, is certainly a speed guy, you, you mentioned at the top of the show, he may not even make the team. So why is Elijah Moore a good selection here for the Jags at 65? Yeah, man. I mean, like he just and you see this often in the college game with a lot of these speed threats, they they take the ball out of out of the backfield, you know, as on jet sweep. So they have a lot of times what you'll see with these speed guys is they have a decent amount of rushing yards to their name, too. That's just what the college game has moved to. And, you know, he's a guy that from that standpoint, he'll intrigue Urban Meyer, who's coming from the college game, somebody who can help you as a rusher a little bit, you know what I'm saying? And also help you as a receiver. He fits the mold of what Urban Meyer has had in the past. When you look at the Percy Harvins in the world of the world and all of these speed threats he's had in the past. And not only does he fit the mold in terms of, you know, just be, being that as a player, but he fits the mold of a SEC player that's fast and speedy like Percy Harvin as well, which is, you know, Urban Meyer was in the SEC for a very long time. SEC prospects are going to intrigue him just as well as, you know, prospects from Ohio State and rivals of Ohio State. You would think you're going to see some SEC guys go in this draft, too, because of how Urban Meyer understands. He's smart. Now, you know, we could say what he what we want about his uh, personnel decisions and, you know, his his decisions of the past. But one thing he is smart about is he understands and he has said this himself. You know, when you go to different regions of the country and he's been to different regions of the country with the with jobs he's had, you see different types of, uh, you know, players. You know what I'm saying? Like in 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 um, in the South, it's a lot of speed guys. It's a lot of guys in terms of the offensive line that's six, seven, three hundred twenty pounds. Uh, that may not be the case when you go to Ohio. Their their offensive linemen may be more smaller and may be more agile and maybe more elusive or whatever the case may be, or not necessarily elusive because you don't 
associate illusion with uh <laughs> with with Lyme. But you you get what I'm saying. So uh, you know, different parts of the country offer different body types and, and different types of players. And Urban Meyer can't help but be intrigued with, especially when you look in the SEC, the the speed they offer, the versatility they offer in the SEC in terms of receivers, so on and so forth. And I think that can entice them to get a guy like Moore, uh, who also he he's more to me, to my knowledge, I have to go look at his um his injury history. But to my knowledge, he's a little bit more healthier. If I can recall, I have to look at my notes again, but he's a little bit more healthier. Uh, then, uh, you know, like Rondell Moore from Purdue, you know, that's the big knock I got with him. He just couldn't stay on the field. So you get the speed, you likely are getting the durability, you get versatility, uh, you get a guy that could be an all-around threat. And basically what the Jaguars might be looking for when when I say all-around threat is something along the lines of Tyreek Hill is what they are looking for to incorporate into this offense. Now, as far as, you know, when we talk about Elijah Moore here, Jay, do you think as far as he's just kind of a victim of his class? Because uh, I'm, I'm pulling up here, uh, just looking at our, our buddy Jordan Reed's, you know, wide receiver rankings. And of course, you want, you know, Elijah Moore not here in the top 10. Is he just a victim of there's just so much talent in this wide receiver group? Yeah, probably. Um, the the height and the weight I don't have is measurables wrote down right now. The height and the weight might be an issue too, you know, in terms of like, not, I don't want to say an issue, but you know, is why others would get taken over him as well. So, and a lot of things too, a lot of what, what we're seeing with these rankings and why rankings are sporadic this year is because we're having to rely more so on the internet, on these rankings more than any time ever, because there hasn't been a combine, right? You know, there, it's just an unusual year. We have to rely more so, you know, people aren't meeting with scouts. People don't know what the scouts are thinking in the NFL. We're more so relying on the digital realm, the, the internet, and so on and so forth on these rankings. So that's why it's sporadic. Like, for all we know, Elijah Moore might be viewed more so as a second-round pick in the eyes of scouts and the Jaguars and these other teams and so on and so forth. But being that, you know, there hasn't been a combine where you can meet these scouts and get their takes and their opinions on how these guys are being ranked. Uh, you know, these rankings kind of vary and you're going to see it in the draft. A lot of these guys might go sooner than, you know, the Internet said they would go because the scouts, the actual people in the NFL had these guys valued higher than, you know, the the draft networks of the world or whatever the case may be. By the way, shout outs to draft network. They do good work there. But, yeah, man, I would love to add Elijah more. I didn't really talk on his skill set, man. It's an explosive kid, man, elusive kid that like, you know, I've showed the video many times and you spoke on it too. the one where he just breaks the kid's ankle uh, almost basically the safety's ankle in the middle of the field. I think that was Arkansas, but uh, yeah, you can see the explosion. You can see the ability to cut and change directions. That's very Tyreek Hill. Like, as I said, and I wouldn't mind having that in this offense, especially with a rookie like Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, calling the shots behind center. And again, just kind of like with Pat, you know, a situation where he's not necessarily, of course, going to be called on to do too much, maybe a situational guy, at least early on. So that would, I think would, again, be a great value pick uh, there at number 65. Let's move to the next selection here, Jay, a pick 79 in a trade with the Raiders offensive tackle Walker Little from Stanford. And, uh, you know, what about Walker deemed him worthy of the pick here? Yeah, just a long, lanky kid that could add more to his frame. Uh, he was in his freshman year. He actually, I think he was all conference his freshman year. 
And, uh, you know, his freshman film is what a lot of people have referred to when looking at him. Uh, the issue, the thing with Walker, the reason why he's even available or would be available at this point, somebody might take him earlier. But the reason why he would even be available is because the last two or three years, he's just been uh, injured. I, I know year before last, it was um, he had a career ending, uh, not career ending, but season ending knee injury that he dealt with. And then, of course, last year with the ability to opt out, a lot of players took that. And uh, so he 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 opted out last year for Stanford. And, um, you know, he didn't play. So, like, you're looking at the guy that ain't really seen the field in the last two years all that much. I think he played, like, two or three games a year before last, before the knee injury. Uh, but, yeah, man, like, he is, you know, what the Jaguars – you know how I was explaining what a SEC lineman looks like, you know, six, seven kid that's, like, 320 – Walker Little could be that. I think he's like more along the lines of like 310, 308, but he has the height to add weight to that frame. You're looking at in terms of a size or or specimen, you're looking at Cam Robinson. He just needs to add weight to his body, basically, in my opinion. Um, I don't know where he, maybe he's closer to the, the 320 range, 315 range now that he's been working out and, you know, getting ready for the draft or whatever the case may be, or getting ready for the NFL. Uh, we'll have to see on an update. I don't think Stanford had their pro date yet. Check on that. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he comes in at in terms of his height and weight. Now, you're getting a raw prospect here because, again, we only he only saw the field a majority of his career was, was as a freshman. And, you know, the other two years, as I said, he, he kind of missed out on the other two years. That's the risk you're taking, though, is that you're getting a prospect that hasn't seen the field a lot. And uh, that being said, you know, some teams going to, if he starts to fall in the third round, some team is going to trade up and get him. And I felt like, you know, I was watching the draft simulation go down. And I was like, well, why not it be the Jaguars trade up for him? Somebody who, you know, has questions at the offensive tackle position. They don't know if Cam Robinson is the guy. If they did, they would have gave him a long-term extension. They don't know if Juwan Taylor is the guy. Why not take a gamble here on this Walker Little uh, or, um, on Walker, who is a, um, you know, a raw prospect, but a prospect that could be a very good one, you know, with the right coaching, which Urban Meyer has said, you know, he believes in his coaching staff. Why not take a chance on this young man, even though I had to give up a third round pick last year or for next year to do it? Um, you know, risky, but at some point, each GM in the NFL has to take a risk. I was like, why not now if you're Trent Baalke, who, by the way, Trent Baalke has scouted a lot of people out west because that's where, you know, he was with San Francisco. And, you know, you're in a very unique position, of course, with Jacksonville. You have the capital to kind of move around if you want. You know, this is an instance where you definitely think that if they have it to throw around, then maybe they'll use it. Remember last year, we definitely didn't think that they would use all of those picks and they ended up doing that. And this year I think is going to be a little bit different. So this would definitely be, uh, you know, like you said, kind of a, a little bit of a risk, but it could be high risk, high reward. Exactly. Going back to what I was saying too. remember, <laughs> we might not like it. You know, a lot of San Francisco Cisco fans have said Trent Baalke has traded for or traded down for, or, or selected a lot of guys, you know, that were like these boom or burst prospects that might have been coming off of ACL injury, whatever the case may be. That seems like a very Trent bulky like thing to do is to get a walker. But I mean, at the same time, like it's a risk that I would understand them taking because of what I said about Robinson and Juwan Taylor. And I could see Urban Meyer like legit liking this kid too. 
because again, he resembles a SEC lineman, you know, he resembles an NFL lineman. And, you know, that being said, you know, if you're going to take a risk in the draft, I mean, why not try it now? Like you said, when you have an abundance of draft picks. Definitely. Well, let's move on to the next selection here, Jay, at pick 106. This is a name we've heard uh, quite a bit lately because of our colleague, Will Blackman, over at the wide MVP. Uh, cornerback Keith Taylor, again, addressing another need that you had listed here. So uh, Keith Taylor, of course, had a really, uh, really great performance over at the Senior Bowl, Jay. So do you think his, his stock is kind of on the rise here? Yeah, I do. And he might not be again. Like, it's just hard to tell with how things are going with the, the pandemic. We haven't been able to really hear from scouts. He might be gone, but I think he'll slide through the cracks again. I mean, you see that in the draft, too, um, especially a draft with a, it looks like a lot of it's a lot of good offensive talent that could push a lot of good defensive talent back uh, later than they would originally go. Um, but, yeah, Keith Taylor is a guy that I really like. Uh, um, a guy that Daniel Jeremiah, you know, friend of the show, shout outs to Daniel, is really high on. He spoke highly of him during the senior bowl. Maybe more of a boundary corner, uh, meaning he, he's better suited for the perimeter than inside. But um, again, like I said, uh, we saw a situation last year where a lot of the Jaguars perimeter corners on the boundary got injured. C.J. Henderson was one of them. So you never know. You might be looking at a situation where you you might have to have another boundary corner for depth on the roster. And I mean, just going back to that word that we've come to hear a lot the last few weeks, value. That's good value with that fourth pick, that fourth round pick, the top of the fourth round. If Keith Taylor is there, that's a great value pick because in my opinion, he should be gone. He should be gone at least 10 to 20 picks after that. But Again, I do think he will slide through the cracks uh, because for whatever reason, people aren't really high on him. And I guess we'll find out more why they aren't on the, um, you know, later down the road when we start to hear people talk about these prospects. But um, he's a guy that I, I really wouldn't mind has the size. He's a guy that Will Blackman, as Phil said, has worked with. Will compared him or he I think he was saying like he reminds him a little bit of Nomni Aswa, which that would be a great get. If the Jaguars are getting that. We'll see. Um, I have to go back and look at some of Nominee's tape to see, like, if I can see that comparison. But um, nonetheless, you're getting a big physical guy that can hold his own in man-to-man coverage um, and a good guy that is technical, which Joe Cullen will definitely like. Yeah, it would be really uh, great to see him pair up, of course, with C.J. Anderson, Shaquille Griffin, uh, and uh, Sidney Jones, you know, a group of guys that, ho- you know, hopefully he would be able to learn quite a bit from. Uh, let's get to rounds five through seven here, Jay, in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to give a brief moment to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. Now, whether rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives the authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity, and it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees for sneakers over $100, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. All right, folks, shout out to everybody that helps us keep the lights on over here at Believe in the Jaguars. Let's get through rounds five through seven here, Jay. 
pick 145 you want with a guard uh, slash center Kendrick Green out of Illinois so uh, with AJ Can and Andrew Norwell set to be free agents next season Jay are you kind of having a little bit of foresight here with this pick yeah that's exactly what it is and uh, Kendrick is one of the guys I try not to put guys on um, in my mock that I ain't seen film on he's a guy that I've seen like two tapes on and uh, he, he does feel like along the lines of a fifth round pick uh, that being said yeah like I was kind of just looking into the future there uh, because they are going to, I don't want to say lose them. I guess that would be the wrong, wrong term, but they do have two guards starting guards on a contract year. Kind of looked at it like the Walker little situation, just get you an offensive guard who can basically be groomed for next year and step in if need be next year alongside Ben Barch, because it feels like Ben Barch might be the guy that's going to take AJ Can's spot. So, you know, maybe why not, like, get somebody to do the same for uh, Andrew Norwell, who the Jaguars have shown, you know, the last two years um, that they've been interested in keeping Norwell, but at the right price. And we have to keep having this at the right price, you know, argument or conversation. Eventually, you just need to get rid of the guy and find his successor. Yeah, and, and the thing about Green, too, is, you know, he has experience at guard and center, too. So, you know, you got a, a Brandon Linder-like versatility piece or a Tyler Shatley-like versatility piece uh, who, you know, if if you, which we've seen ha- happen often with the Jaguars, if you're dealing with some injuries there, you got somebody who can step in at guard and center or allow somebody to play one of the other positions that Green doesn't play. Absolutely. It never hurts to have a contingency plan in place. And again, looking a few steps forward, because of course, you know, Urban and the squad have uh, will have a long-term vision here in Jacksonville. Let's move to the next pick here, Jay, another one that uh, kind of, uh, that definitely excites me to pick 170 running back JV and Hawkins out of Louisville, a guy who just has a ton of speed. Of course they added Carlos Hyde, uh, but I think they're still going to be looking for that home run guy. And JV and Hawkins has proven in his uh, time there over at Louisville that he has the ability to do that. Yeah, man, he excites me just as much as Elijah Moore. And, like, you notice the trend here with those two picks is adding speed to the offense. That's that's what a lot of people have been saying, and that's what you're hearing out of the building. They want to add more speed. They want to add more explosion to the mix. James, Rob- James Robinson is a very good running back. This has nothing to do with him. <laughs> I know a lot of people have been kind of questioning, like, why would the Jazz get another running back? But – it's more so about speed and playmaking ability. And it's more so about a change of pace. When you have a change of pace, it's hard for a defense to get acclimated to that. And then you also have Carlo Todd, as you spoke on. You have that veteran guy that's there to coach these two up uh, because that's what they needed in that running back room. They needed a guy that has uh, had success, that's been there and done that. They didn't really have that. Now they have it. Um, and, you know, you split the carries up. Um, amongst however you want amongst uh, those three Hyde Hawkins and uh, James Robinson so I would really like that pick he's a guy that could give you uh, like you said he's that home run guy that can smoke a whole defense on one play if they're out of place that's what that one play that I put on Twitter that's all that was he got Miami's defense out of place and took the back door and took advantage of it and he's a guy that could do that in the NFL as well, you know, because he's just he has unreal speed. I'll be real curious to see what his 40 time is. And by the way, this is another Florida kid. So the Jaguars probably are well aware of who this young man is. Yeah. And like you said, Jay, you know, you're not bringing him in to be your primary back. You give that guy, you know, maybe five, six carries. Hope that he is also able to help outside of the backfield as well. 
And, uh, you know, I think uh, with, with all these guys, of course, on the offensive side specifically, they're going to be excited to be paired up and linked to Trevor Lawrence, at least early on in their career. So let's move to the last selection here, Jay, which, you know, un- totally unbiased, I think is absolutely your best, which is defensive tackle to Quan Graham out of the University of Texas. Again, addressing another need, uh, you know, Graham is a guy that definitely flashed here and there, you know, just speaking from a, a Texas fan standpoint. So now uh, why did you have him, you know, slotted here at pick 249 to slide in there with, you know, all the other interior linemen that we picked up here, uh, not only uh, in the last couple of years, but also in free agency. Yeah, he's a guy that a lot of people probably say is more suited for a four man front, or even front more than a three man front or odd man front. Um, but Nonetheless, you know, that late in the draft, you know, he has the size uh, that Cullen could work with to maybe put him at defensive end. But, on, you know, on tape, like what really stood out is just his, um, you know, his quick uh, snap off the ball and, and whatever the case may be. So that being said, um, he's a guy that we all know the state of Texas builds different types of players. You would know this. Phil. It's, it's certain states, Georgia, Florida, Texas, uh, uh, another one, California. Uh, New Jersey, they build different types of players. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he's a guy that I think Joe Cullen wouldn't mind working with a developmental piece. So a guy you could probably stash more so on your practice squad. Maybe we'll see. Um, he's a guy that I've only seen like about two tapes of him too. So I have to watch a little bit more of him. Um, but yeah, maybe he's the guy you could put on practice squad that sometimes varies. If some of these other teams like a grand example, uh, the Houston Texans or the Dallas Cowboys have been watching him for a long time. Maybe you can stash him on. You can't stash him on practice squad because they are very well informed of who he is. We'll see. That's a preseason thing that you have to answer in the preseason. But um, that being said, uh, again, you want to stay young on the defensive line. You want to have pieces in place on the defensive line that are young to succeed some of these older guys, your Tyson Alualus of the world. I'm not saying they're the same player, but, you know, you, that's a position, that unit. You want to stay young at the defensive line. You want to have succession plans in place. And uh, I think, you know, that's what the Jaguars would be going for if they got him. And this is the part of the draft, you know, where you can, you know, search out some of those developmental pieces, like you said, to kind of build for the future. So, uh, you know, that, that's kind of what this area of the draft is for but uh, with that being said guys that is the conclusion of the seven round mock draft here uh, over that uh, you can find over on the Jaguars wire if you want to do a little bit more of the deep dive we'll go ahead and link this article here in the um, in the show notes so uh, Jay you know again as this this mock kind of hit every single piece of of course the needs that she listed out but also, you know, just looking at it from, you know, outside of the analytical perspective and looking just from a fan's point of view, I think this would this should excite quite a few people if this is, you know, even even partially how it goes when it comes to draft night or draft weekend, I should say. And I put a lot of time and effort into it. Like, I don't like to just do mock drafts where you just throw something on the wall and hope it sticks. You know, you're just going by the flow of the simulations or whatever the case may be. You know, I, I really really um again i didn't have the needs listed at the time but i really really considered uh how these young men would help the jaguars and um you know as a result you know i tried to make it's no such thing <laughs> that's the thing about it uh they were saying on brent on brent show and uh, austin's show shout out to them again uh that everybody was sending them their perfect mock draft 
And that's the thing about it. Like, there's no such thing as a perfect mock draft, especially for a team that's one in 15 and had the, the, <laughs> the variety of needs that the Jaguars have. You're not going to make the perfect mock draft. It's just not going to happen. But I, I made this one uh, in the best manner that I could that would help a one in 15 team uh, put at least four more wins on the board is, is how I guess I would put it. And uh, yeah, man, I got one more that I'm going to do probably maybe two more. But I'll do one next month because that's the month of the draft. We'll see if I do two. Uh, but, yeah, I wanted to do one each month, basically, leading up to the draft. January, February, uh, March, and uh, April. I don't think I did one in January, but I did one in February and March. And you'll have a few more, hopefully, in April. So, yeah, appreciate everybody that checked it out. Appreciate everybody that retweeted it, whatever the case may be, that commented it, whatever the case may be. So look forward to the next one. I'll do it about a month. And uh, yeah, hopefully y'all will like that as well. I wonder, I'm wondering how many of those mock drafts that were sent in involved trading all of their remaining selections, all the remaining picks, as well as capital next year to go get Kyle Pitts. Since for some reason, there are still people out there that believe Kyle Pitts is going to be a Jacksonville Jaguar. He is not. I'm so sorry. <laughs> to break that to you. And Jay, this mock draft is much better. I will say, I won't say much better. It's just a little bit better than the one that I did where I took all Texas players. Um, I'm not going to give you guys the grade that the draft network gave me for those selections, but uh, I will say that uh, I will, I will keep that one to myself, but Jay, that's it for this week's I've done episode. a few, uh, all Georgia. <laughs> I've done a few all Georgia mocks myself. <laughs> hey man, we've all, but, we've all been a little selfish yeah. with some, with these mock drafts, but yeah. So, you know, with that being said, guys, that is another episode again. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really, really appreciate it. The download numbers have been awesome. And, you know, as you can see, I, I know it's a lot of you probably skipped through some of those ad reads, but you know, the reason we're doing that is because we're having a little bit more success and that's because of you. And we really appreciate it. So continue to head on over to Apple podcast, leave those five-star reviews. Also check us out on Spotify, Google play, Stitcher, Luminary, and tune in. Of course, you can find us at believe.com and at believe podcast, and you can tweet the show or find us on Instagram. I believe in Jack's pod. I'm going to fill the Filipino F I L I P I N O. And Jay is over at sports grind underscore Don Jay, anything else you want to mention in terms of either on the podcast or over on the Jaguars wire? No, I mean, you, you pretty much have heard it in the fact the last few podcasts, we're just going to switch gears and focus on draft, focus on draft related type of guests as well. Not just content on the Jaguars wire. And uh, yeah, man, that's pretty much like what we're going to be uh, doing these next few weeks, because I mean, again, we're the off season champions and, uh, the offseason champions need top-notch coverage of the NFL draft. That's right, folks. Working on some really, really exciting guests we are hoping to announce to you very, very soon. Thank you so much for listening to Believe in the Jaguars, again, presented by Bet Online. So don't forget to believe in those Jaguars, but more importantly, believe in yourselves. We will see you next time, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.